0: off high into the air Parker touchdown What a win for this Miami Dolphin team Wow
1: what is up Dolph fans and welcome to the drive time podcast part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Thursday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, I'm just going to be honest, woo! Ooh, it is football season tonight, baby. I mean, doesn't that December trip to Foxboro feel like it was 20-something years ago? We've got Chiefs, Texans tonight on your television, but we are focused on Dolphins and Patriots on Sunday. We're going to hear from Coach, some players, update the injuries, and in between all of that, really get into the weeds on this game. All of that and more on this Thursday, September the 10th edition of The Drive Time Podcast.
2: That's another Miami Dolphins.
1: Season opening game was always a tradition unlike any other. And I continue that tradition of saying the home team finds victory. You just don't go against the defending champs raising the banner in their own building on opening night. Not to mention, we do own the Texans 2021 first and second round draft picks. So technically a loss on Thursday from Houston puts those draft picks right at the top of each round straight out of the gate. That's something we're going to monitor throughout the course of the season, heading into draft season 2021. But I've got the Chiefs tonight and it's largely because of their quarterback, of their MVP, of their Super Bowl MVP, and Patrick Mahomes. And I'll say this just before we get into coaches media for Thursday morning. I understand that most of the time When we talk about the all-time greats, you have to support those claims with a body of work, right? People want to know about the number of years of production, maybe X number of championship rings. And if you dare propose that a player under the age of 25 might be the best of all time, then you're going to be greeted with the backlash of slow your roll there, son. But nah, my eyes don't deceive me. My eyes have never seen somebody do what Patrick Mahomes can do on a football field, even though it's only been two years. Of course, he's going to have to sustain that level of play. But what I've seen so far in 25 years of watching this game, he's the best I've ever seen. That's why I've got Chiefs tonight in the season opener. But that is tonight. Sunday is our main focus here on the Drive Time Podcast. And with that, we turn now to Coach Flores' Thursday morning media availability. And up first, coach was asked a two-pronged question about the decision to bring in Antonio Callaway, the receiver on the practice squad, and also the health status of cornerback Byron Jones.
2: Personnel staff, Chris Marvin, Brandon, um, you know, in our, our scouting department, obviously does a lot of, we did a lot of uh, work on um, Antonio, along with some a lot of other players, uh, we felt like it was um, an opportunity to add a, a um, you know, a player, a talented player. You know, we'll work with him over the next few weeks um, in the capacity that we can. Obviously not, you know, so much because of the suspension, but when we can, we will work with him. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, the first part of your question with Byron, uh, Byron's working, uh, you know, extremely hard to, um, you know, rehab. And we'll see where he is for, for, for game time. But, um, you know, he's something he's been dealing with. and uh, But he's working to get back out there as quickly as he can. And, you know, it's a day-to-day, it's a kind of a day-to-day thing.
1: And next for Coach, a question that I thought was really good, just asking him about season opening game tonight, how everybody around the country is so pumped to have football back. Can a football coach truly sit back and maybe crack open one and, and just enjoy a football game, or is he always on with the football? What do you think Coach says? Here he is.
2: When I watch the game, it's, you know, you can try to relax, but, you know, what would you do on third down? What would you do in this situation? It's too many. You just, your mind kind of goes. Um, I think that's how every coach is. Uh, you know, Pop Warner, high school, uh, college, national football league. Once you get into um, you know this profession and those types of situations, uh, your mind kind of it goes there regardless. So you can try, but that is relaxing in a lot of ways for for coaches. So uh, yeah, it's 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 nice to sit and watch a game. But yeah, your your mind starts to wander a little bit and start to work. out how would you handle this situation or that situation? Still. So, um, but it's 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 going to be fun to have uh, a game to watch. You know, it's been such a long time. Whether it's preseason, I mean, we like like a lot of people. Um, you know, I love the sport, so um, I'll be watching and uh, I'll be working as well. So it, it's it's a normal Thursday night. It's back into kind of my normal routine in season.
1: And I'm with Coach on that. Obviously, I'm not a football coach, but that's why I watch the games, to kind of try to put myself in the situation of how would I do this? How would I handle this spot? What should this team do right here? And again, obviously, Coach sees the game in a different way than all of us do, but... I do find that answer very intriguing because I've always wondered that myself. Like, what is it like for a coach to watch another game on television or while they're getting ready for you know their opponent that week? Is it enjoyable? Is it something they don't even think about? But obviously coach tells us there that he does in fact watch the game with a different eye, a different lens than your average fan. Up next, coach was asked about the leadership on this football team and notably the three captains who are here with the Dolphins who were with him previously in New England. Here's coach talking about his leaders on this football team.
2: Well, I mean, I think they're all, uh, you know, good players. Uh, they're smart. They're tough. Um, they care about, uh, the game, uh, their team first. I think, you know, they, they tried to build relationships, um, you know, throughout, um, in the locker room and, you know, on defense, on offense, on special teams. Um, there are guys who, who care about those relationships, but, um, they also, there's, there's also a number of other guys who, who, who um, uh, are very similar. Um, Guys who aren't former Patriots, like Bobby, like uh, Fitz, like Gotchow. It's always good to have uh, those types of players on your team. And, you know, I'm happy to, to have, uh, you know, the three former Patriots, but also the other guys we have as captains as well.
1: And, of course, heading into a season without preseason, without the benefit of having the offseason program, all the uncertainty we've talked about all week long and really all month long in the lead up to this kickoff, this season opener on September 13th for your Miami Dolphins. Coach was asked about, are there any benefits or anything that he likes about the uncertainty of this game one as they can maybe go into the matchup and maybe have some advantages that way?
2: You know, there's uncertainty for everyone. Well, the thing I like about it is, you know, you just go back to, you know, your rules, your reads, um, your fundamentals, your technique, see how, how far you've come along from from that standpoint. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, when it comes in football, when you're, uh, you know, there's a lot of different schemes, concepts, you know, defensive structures, and eventually you'll, you'll see something that you haven't seen before. Um, and you have to rely on your rules and your keys. And, and if you do that. Um, you should be okay, so that part of it I like there that that unknown is something that you know a lot of players uh, they need to feel that. Uh, I think coaches need to feel that also, and how we respond to that will, 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 will I think you know help us move it forward.
1: Let's go ahead and finish up with this one here from yours, truly. Hey, good morning, coach. Um earlier this week, Jesse Davis told us that he thinks whoever makes in game adjustments the best will be the one that comes away with a victory. I'm just curious, are those mostly coaching observations, player observations, and and how long does it take to make those adjustments? If you could just talk about the communication and the process of in-game adjustments.
2: I mean, it's a little bit of both, player and coach. I think that, you know, the players are out there on the field. You know, they they hear things, they see things. Uh, And if you can get the players and the coaches on the same page, then you can make some adjustments. Now, there have been times where everybody's getting doubled you know there's only so many people on the field so you know this guy I got doubled and I got doubled and I got doubled they, they don't they don't they just don't have that many guys so i mean there's got to be some honesty and transparency there on both ends you know and then you look at the tablet you know and we have film so we just try to tell them let's be honest and you know if you screwed up a play then you know tell us about it what happened and you know we'll get it fixed i got cut i got doubled eight guys got doubled you know i mean it's, it's just just it's not, you know, that's. I've been in games where that's happened too, and that's. It's it's not funny in the moment. It's funny the day after, after you watch the tape and you see the one guy who got doubled and other guys who just, you know, couldn't beat a block. So, but yes, to answer your question, Travis, you know, the, the in-game adjustments, they're, uh you can make them, but it's got to be you know, the communication on both sides has to be, uh, it, it, it has to be transparent, has to be honest. That, that'd be that'd be my uh, my first thought. But, you know, thank you. I'll remind our guys on that, too.
1: Hey, any way I can help out, I'm more than happy to do it. So there you have Brian Flores' Thursday morning media availability. Let's go ahead and get in to the game on Sunday. I've been waiting for nine months to preview a football game, and I just got chills. Like, just saying that into the microphone gave me chills. And before we talk about Dolphins Patriots, let's first talk about some of the new changes to, I suppose, league rules, roster rules this year. And one of those changes is, of course, that teams can now activate 48 players on game day. It used to be 46. You had to get down from the 53 down to 46. But now you can activate 48 players on game day so long as you have eight offensive linemen on that grouping. If you don't have eight linemen, if you dress only seven on game day, then you can have 47 active. But I really can't imagine a team would do that. Like, why not have the extra body out there for your 48 players? We also know about the 16-man practice squad this year. We, of course, with Durval, have the exemption, so we have 17 on our practice squad, and you can protect four of those players each week, and that means you can protect them from Tuesday through game day, but once Monday comes around, those players are then eligible to be poached by other teams once again. As the rule has been in the past, you can sign a player off another practice squad onto your own active roster. That changes for game preparations this year under covid And you can also dress two players from the practice squad on Sunday, whereas in the past, you had to sign them off your own practice squad and get them up to your active roster to dress them. This year, you can call up two players from the practice squad to dress on Sunday unique season. And one of my favorite podcasts out there, the move the sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. They talked about the practice squad and something that Jeremiah has kind of been hinting at now for what seems like forever with the idea of development and having a secondary process for developing pl- developing players on your roster. And he mentioned on the podcast earlier this week, how, Maybe some teams view this thing as like a triple A roster where you have, you know, in triple in A baseball, you have your guys who are basically big league ready at a moment's notice if somebody goes down. How maybe some teams might treat the practice squad that way, where you have veteran guys stashed on that protected portion of the practice squad so that when somebody does get injured, maybe it's a positive test or whatever it might be, you can pull guys off that roster. And how he says other teams maybe treat it more like a developmental system, like your double-A, single-A team, where you want to develop players, get them into your building every single day, have them practice, work on techniques you want to teach them, have them watch film, maybe it's strength training, whatever it might be. There are so many different approaches to practice squad this year, all fascinating points, and I think it all just reminds us once again that football season is back. And with that, how about our first preview of the 2020 season. We have the piece on MiamiDolphins.com as well. Dolphins and Patriots week one preview. The O and O Dolphins up against the O and O Patriots on Sunday, September 13th, one o'clock kickoff in the East. Gillette Stadium, Foxborough, Mass. 74 degrees, partly cloudy, 20% chance of rain on this Thursday as we check the weather report. And so much has changed since that Week 17 game. Nine months after Ryan Fitzpatrick finds Mike Gesicki for that go-ahead touchdown, the last time the Dolphins took the field, we've seen coaching changes, a draft and free agency haul, and all of that crammed around a global pandemic. But thanks to the incredible work and unprecedented precautions here taken by the NFL, we have football once more. A very different-looking Dolphins team in year two under Brian Flores travels to New England to face a Patriots team with plenty of new faces of their own. For Flores and the Dolphins, 24 of the 53 players on the roster were not here in 2019 for that finale, with some coaching turnover as well, with eight new assistants in charge of their respective rooms. And the theme of change continues on the other side of the ball, as New England replaces one former MVP quarterback with another in Cam Newton. Eight of the Patriots' 15 scheduled free agents for 2020 signed elsewhere, three of them with the Dolphins, prompting New England to sign six free agents away from other clubs of their own, and all of that before selecting 10 new players in April's draft. So plenty of change on both sides. The coaching staff in New England remains largely intact. There was some shuffling on the positional roles there in the Patriots staff, but the most notable change was the addition of longtime quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator, really offensive guru, both in college and the NFL in Jed Fish, and establishing continuity amidst the significant change will be one of the early season storylines across the NFL. As both Brian Flores and Bill Belichick stated in their media availability this week, both teams will throw new looks at one another. In the absence of traditional offseason programs and preseason, the mystery really amplifies the intrigue of this game and talking about the Patriots and the personnel change. No team did have more opt-outs for COVID-19 than new England. Among the eight players who did opt out were some of their top snap takers in 2019. Marcus Cannon played thousand eight snaps last year. Linebacker Dante Hightower played 723 snaps safety. Patrick Chung played 642 and tight end Matt LaCosse played 433. Those are four of their eight opt-outs for this season, but In the end, no team demonstrates the understanding of next man up more than this Belichick-led Patriots team, and that will have to be the approach here in the 2020 opener for the Patriots last two years. They had off-ball linebackers finish one and two, and then two and three in quarterback pressures among off-ball linebackers, according to Pro Football Focus hightower who of course opted out was in both of those pairings and one year kyle van noy was part of that pairing he then transitioned to more of an edge position playing more snaps down on the line of scrimmage for the patriots last season so then to replace him on that off ball rushing position at the linebacker was jamie collins so he and dante hightower finished at 2-3 that following season and the forward thinking team they are the patriots They have reinforcements ready to take on bigger roles in the middle of that defense, as is the case. They plan for the next year, the next game, the next week, whatever it might be, as well as anybody in the National Football League. They went out and drafted rookie Josh Uche from Michigan, who had a 23.3% pressure rate as a pass rusher his final season in college there at Michigan. He was under Coach Campanelli here who coached linebackers at Michigan and he talked very highly, gave a lot of high praise to Coach Campanelli at the scouting combine back in February. Josh Uche also has a former college teammate there with the Wolverines at Michigan and Chase Winovich who was a third round draft pick of the Patriots in 2019. He played 291 snaps last year for the Patriots had a little bit of injuries and nicks and bruises but he's due for a larger role this year he registered 23 pressures on 234 pass rush reps as a rookie last year so that's kind of an idea where the replacements might come for that they do have guys like John Simon Dietrich Wise up front you heard coach reference Adam Butler earlier in the week they have some good depth and some good bodies up front in that front seven to replace that production they've gotten from previous guys who are no longer on the team and then in the secondary stylistically Patrick Chung one of the opt outs he and Kyle Duggar are just flat out different players but the rookie safety just oozes the traits that we've heard Brian Flores and both Bill Belichick talk about in the secondary. Athletic ability, ball skills, the athleticism that he has features range and coverage that Belichick will covet out there. Duggar registered scouting combine testing metrics in the 95th percentile or better in the 10-yard split, the vertical jump, and the broad jump. So he is definitely a freak athlete. And despite all that change, the two mainstays that really drove the Patriots' success in 2019 remain largely intact. That secondary we talked about led by defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. It's just chock full of athletic, aggressive cover guys that can locate the football and take it away. Nobody had more takeaways last year than New England with 25 interceptions on defense. And few teams, really, if any, can claim a better offensive line than New England, even without right tackle Marcus Cannon and the opt-out on the interior. They are loaded with guys. They lo- they thought that Joe Tooney was valuable enough at left guard, and he would have cashed in big time on the open market. But he was franchise tagged this offseason. Center David Andrews is back after missing last season with some blood clots in his lungs. Great to see him back in healthy playing again. He has surrendered only seven sacks over a four-year career. And right guard Shaq Mason once upon a time got a big contract extension in New England. One of the best right guards in all the National Football League. He's allowed only three sacks over the last two seasons combined some matchup highlights I want to talk about in this game the Dolphins run defense versus the Patriots run offense we know by now Cam Newton has over 5,000 career rushing yards if you include the playoffs he's moved the chains just shy of 400 times and has 60 touchdowns on the ground again all those stats playoffs included and their backfield is deep it produced the fourth most two back sets in the NFL last year And running back Rex Burkhead averaged 4.5 yards per carry and 3.32 yards after contact. He led the Patriots in both those departments according to Pro Football Focus. The Dolphins have a plethora of new bodies on their defensive front to help combat that Patriots run game. We know about rookie Raquan Davis. 73 career run stops at Alabama on the interior of that defensive line. Veteran Emmanuel Ogba has a PFF career run stop rate of 8.6%. One of the better ones at his position group. Shaq Lawson had 13 tackles for loss last year that was top 10 among defensive ends in the NFL the Dolphins also added linebackers Elandon Roberts formerly of the Patriots he has a 10.8 career run stop rate on pro football focus and Kyle Van Noy had 33 run stops last year again with the Patriots and Kamu Gruje Hill played more special teams than linebacker in his career so far but he has 11 career tackles for loss in the NFL the next matchup Dolphins offensive line versus the Patriots rush Bill Belichick schemes pressure as well as anybody, any of the defensive masterminds really in the history of the National Football League. You think about Buddy Ryan in the past, maybe some Dean Pease and those Ravens defenses for so many years there. You go back to Dick LeBeau with the Steelers. Bill Belichick's right in that entire group and probably the top of that group, of course, with the six uh, six Super Bowl championships and having a top six scoring defense. Each of the last four years, it's not all about getting sacks on the quarterback, which of course are big game changing plays most of the time, but making the quarterback feel uncomfortable, disrupting the offense's timing. And that's kind of been the theme of their pass rush last few years. They get tons of pressures. They don't lead the league in sacks, but they get so many pressures to force the quarterback into being uncomfortable. And that last year led to the lowest passer rating against in the NFL for opposing quarterbacks going into the Patriots or playing up against the Patriots, I should say. And the Dolphins are working in four new starters on the offensive line. We know Jesse Davis is the lone incumbent. We'll find out the four starters along with Davis on Sunday, and communication will be the key to thwart the Patriots multiple look defense that features waves of games, stunts, twists, slants, overload blitzes. Pressure looks from anybody and everybody in the box. They can walk up five, six, seven, eight, nine guys in that box, send four of them on pressure, drop the other ones into coverage. You never know what you're gonna get. It's like a box of chocolates for a scum style. You have to communicate, you have to pass off, you have to be aware for everything and anything they might throw at you. I'm very excited we have Ryan Fitzpatrick out there to kind of communicate those protection calls and get these guys in the right looks. Each of the last two years, again, the Patriots had off-ball linebackers finish top three at their position group in quarterback pressure. So finding out who's coming, getting them blocked, that can be a big key to the game. Dolphins receivers versus Patriots secondary. Stephon Gilmore, reigning defensive player of the year. J.C. Jackson had a lower completion rate allowed than Stephon Gilmore by 1.3% percentage points. His was 47.4 compared to Gilmore's 49% completion allowed. The McCordy twins, both Jason and Devin, won a corner. Uh, Devin, the safety, graded 13th overall at their respective positions. Jason was 13th best in coverage. Devin was the 13th best overall safety, according to Pro Football Focus. So they can come at you in waves. Didn't even mention Jonathan Jones in that bit there. Plenty of guys that can attack you on that secondary in the Patriots defense. And Devontae Parker, on our side of the football, was fifth in the NFL last year in receiving yards with 1,202 yards, fourth in touchdowns with nine. And he capped off a very strong finish to the season with one of his best games to date as a pro as he caught eight passes for 137 yards. And seven of those catches and 119 of those yards, according to Pro Football Focus, came against Gilmore in coverage. Now, Gilmore did win the Week 2 showdown, holding the entire Dolphins team to just two catches on six targets for 32 yards, two pass breakups, and an interception. We'll see where Preston Williams factors into this because he wasn't there for that Week 17 game. And Gilmore, obviously the best cover corner, In the league, really, for all purposes, intents and purposes. We'll see who he draws in that game. Going to be an intriguing matchup there on the outside. Inside or outside as well, Isaiah Ford finished his late-season surge last year with seven catches and 54 yards against the Patriots, those career highs in that Week 17 game, and four of those five catches came with J.C. Jackson in coverage, including three of those for a first down, so almost double the percentage allowed of completions for J.C. Jackson against Isaiah Ford in that final game, a good matchup to watch there. Jackson never allowed more than 59 yards receiving all last season, so he, too, is one of the best cornerbacks in all of National Football League. The Patriots' system continuity is really their cornerstone when it comes to the coaching staff and offensive and defensive systems. Josh McDaniels returns for his ninth consecutive season here as the Patriots' OC. It's his second stint with the team, of course. He spent four years previously, so 13 years as the OC in New England. Under McDaniels, the Patriots are ultimate chameleons, able to really morph the system weekly to best attack the opposition's weaknesses. In 2019, the Patriots were one of two Two teams to run more than 50 plays. They ran 61 plays from 20 personnel. That's two backs, no tight ends, three receivers. So they're really willing to adapt to a personnel package that's just not that common in the NFL. He also dialed up 21 personnel. That's two backs, one tight end, two receivers, 91 times. That's 13th most in the NFL. So two backs in the game for 152 snaps last year out of just over a 1,000 so they will utilize that deep backfield as they see fit. They also deployed one of the league's most popular packages 11 personnel, which is one back, one tight end, three receivers the 13th fewest number of times at 592 plays last year so they will go against the grain defensively Bill Belichick finds a way to facilitate production every single year. They are always at the top of the leaderboard in scoring defense. They had top scoring defense and total defense last year in 2019 had the second ranked pass defense and sixth ranked run defense in the NFL. As far as the coverage calls, according to PFF, no team played more snaps in cover one last year. That's where you're in man coverage with a single high safety up top than the Patriots. And that goes back to 2015. So they utilized cover one a whole bunch. And they played more cover zero, which is man across the board, no safety help. It's do or die. Everybody's coming. Everybody's pressing. You have to beat us quickly. We're going to get pressure on you. They played more cover zero with 67 snaps last year. In that look, the most in the NFL, and again, the most interceptions in the NFL with 25 and lowest passer rating against of 67.3 tough order for ryan fitzpatrick and the dolphins passing offense according to pro football reference the patriots blitzed opposing quarterbacks 37.1 percent of the time and that produced a top 10 pressure rate and they tied for seventh in the nfl in sacks last season now some other nuggets about this game the patriots are 130 and 30 so out of 160 games they've won 130 of them under bill belichick in that home building the all-time dolphins patriots series goes 56 for miami 53 for New England. Quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick can surpass a trio of Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Troy Aikman, Y.A. Tittle, and Steve Young. If he passes for 238 yards in the opener, he enters play as the 39th highest yardage passer in the history of the league with 32,886 career yards. So plenty to look at here for this Dolphins team heading into New England. Now, as far as taking away what the Patriots do best, their best player on offense, probably gonna be Julian Edelman. Flores talked about him earlier in the week, so you probably gotta find a way to contain that guy. We'll be curious to see how the Dolphins get that accomplished on Sunday. I'm also intrigued by the tight end position. Again, without the without having Matt Lacoste there, they have two rookies and Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. Ryan Izzo rounds out the tight end group there. So that tight end position can be a little bit overwhelming at times for rookies. We talked to Mike Asicki earlier in. Uh, I think it was last week, about all the responsibilities they have in pass protection, running game, running pass routes as well. I'll be curious to see how Miami attacks those tight ends and how the Patriots utilize those tight ends. We talked about the backfield. There's not going to be any Damian Harris for this game. He is on IR to start the season. But you always have to account for James White as a pass catcher out of the backfield. He is as dangerous as anybody in that regard. They call up J.J. Taylor, who was at Arizona last year in college. He was on the practice squad, gets the call up. He was a guy I'm intrigued by. He's very shifty, very speedy. Kind of think of Jakeem Grant that way. So keep an eye on number 42, J.J. Taylor. The receiving core, Nikhil Harry. We'll see how he looks in year number two a former first-round draft pick who is physical and tough to get down after the catch, so tackling has to be on point there. We talked about the offensive line, talked about the defensive line, the linebacker position with Josh Uche. Anfernee Jennings is another guy I'm curious to see come up and play his first career game out of Alabama. He's a long, strong athletic player who can play a hard edge as an outside linebacker, and we also cover the defensive backfield there as well. So not going to be an easy contest on Sunday. Dolphins have to bring their A game. We've heard Ted Karras talk about it. We've heard Kyle Van. I know I talk about it, the entire Dolphins roster saying, if we don't play our best game, we will get beat. So Sunday up in Foxborough, 1 o'clock Eastern kickoff, it's here, baby. Football season is here. And with that, let's go ahead and turn now to player media availability on this Thursday here from Davey. And we start with Dolphins running back Jordan Howard, who first was asked about the depth chart, the importance of starting, and how it's not that important because you're going to get your touches, your carries, and you fill your role regardless of where you are on the depth chart
3: um no that does not really mean anything because uh, we all gonna have a role we all gonna have our plays when we get in uh so it doesn't really matter as long as we all get to play so
1: and how about the perception that jordan maybe isn't a pass catching back which i strongly disagree with that impression to begin with but here's jordan talking about the initial impression players get and how those impressions kind of stick with you throughout the course of your career and talking about being a pass receiving running back
3: i feel like it's important uh because i feel like defenses are trying to focus in on that but um you know, you get this label placed on you, it's kind of hard to shake it. Uh, just try to do the best I can, try to take advantage of any opportunities I have in the passing game. But, um, you know, once you get a label, it's kind of like hard to shake it. Once people get a formal opinion on you and stuff like that, whether it's fair or not. But we we'll just try to take advantage of all the opportunities I get in the passing game.
1: Hey Jordan, uh, Coach talked this morning a little bit about in-game adjustments, and I'm curious from your perspective how you process the flow of the game. Maybe whether it's guys are jumping gaps, whatever it might be. How do you process the flow of the game, and then communicate those adjustments to your coaching staff?
3: Uh, yeah, just like uh, the first few uh, plays and stuff, first few series, you see uh, what they're showing and stuff like that. So um, you tell your coach what you're seeing out there, uh, and then we make adjustments. Uh, maybe at halftime, uh, sometimes when you come out of halftime, a Bring you something new because they make adjustments as well. So um, just constant communication with your coach and telling him what you're saying and stuff like that, so he can relay it to what he needs to relay it to, so we can uh, make the proper adjustments and proper fits.
1: And when it comes to having an actual football game on television tonight, Jordan Howard is just like you and I.
3: I'm looking very uh, forward to. Uh, I just love watching football. Not even as like a, a player, just as a fan. Uh, so I'm not really gonna be like scouting the teams. I'm just gonna be watching as a fan. So I'm excited. Uh, seemed like took a while to get here uh at first it seemed like uh, we didn't know if we we're gonna get here but now that we're here uh, everybody's excited
1: so there he goes Dolphins running back Jordan Howard up next we're gonna hear from Dolphins safety and team captain the longest tenured member of this Dolphins defense Bobby McCain and we start first with a question for Bobby from yours truly Hey, Coach, talked this morning a little bit about in-game adjustments and how players might have a tendency to kind of stretch the truth about what might have happened on a given play. I'm curious to ask you, how difficult is it to process and recall how a particular play went in the heat of the moment, and how do you escalate that knowledge or that concern to the coaching staff?
4: Uh, sometimes I can understand that because sometimes, like, you may have a 10-play drive, 12-play drive. I've had even 18-play drives before, where you know you, they ask you what, what happened on play three and I mean, we'll play through 15 plays ago, so it's, it's tough to regurgitate like what happened exactly. But, you know, the one thing that will help you as a defense, the one thing that offensive as a team is if you're coming off and like, no, not necessarily lying, but if, you, if false information is the worst information. So if you're giving good information, when you come off the off to the sideline um, that helps us to be able to get adjusted and helps people. It helps everyone around you to be able to uh, play better.
1: And who better to hear from on evaluations for the young guys than a safety, a captain back there on the defense? Bobby McCain here evaluates the play of second-year cornerback Nick Needham and rookie Noah Igbenogany.
4: Uh Nick is—he's uh, definitely—he's he, definitely the game is—it's yeah, definitely slower to him. You can see that, and uh, he's understanding his, his techniques better. Things he's taking that that year two jump as you should. Um, he's got everybody's just got to keep pushing. Everybody like we're gonna keep getting better each and every day. Um, and I, that's what I tell, I tell him the same thing, man, just keep doing what you're doing and keep getting better and things are all, everything will work out. Uh, as far as, um, Noah, you know, he's a young guy, he's, he's a good football player, but he's a smart guys. Well, he's not a, he's, he's, not somebody that, you know, that, that, that doesn't understand. He understands once he gets, if he makes a mistake, he probably won't make that mistake twice. And that's good. That's what you, that, that keeps you in the league. Um, and, um, you know, those two guys, they're going to be real good for us this year.
1: And how about an evaluation on himself and if he finally feels like a safety now in year number two after transitioning from the cornerback spot for the first four years of his NFL career?
4: I would would say yes. You know, uh, understanding the defense is really what I would, or the part that I would take is understanding my role and where I fit in the defense and knowing like uh, that that I'm able to make plays on the ball from uh, even at free safety, whether I'm at free corner, nickel, no matter where I'm at. Um, Just understanding that that it's a game that everybody has, everybody has their piece of the puzzle and uh, you got to do, you got to do your piece especially best you with your ability.
1: My guy, Cam Wolf over at ESPN has been snaking my questions all week long. He has a good question here for Bobby about the challenges of defending Cam Newton from that deep safety position and how much that can change the defense and the way you approach it. Every single play,
4: just understanding that he's effective in both ways uh, in the run game and the pass game and uh, making plays outside of the pocket, you know, play, play breaks down, you know, him being the athlete that he is, he can get out of the pocket and, and throw the ball downfield. So you have to understand as a safety, as deep defenders, as corners, and you gotta plaster onto your guys and understand that the play's not over till it's over. Until the plays blown dead, it's not over because he is I mean, he's, he is Cam. He's he's a good athlete, he can use his feet, he's he's mobile and he's got a good strong arm.
1: And now in his sixth season, his third as a captain, Bobby McCain talks about how much of an honor it is to be a captain of this football team.
4: Um, just Honestly, man, it's, a, it's it's my honor, it's my privilege to be a captain, and uh, especially the lead these guys. Um, you know, they, the, just knowing that they trust me and I, that they have my back, I have their back. That's big for me. That's big for the team. You know, there's um, seven other captains, a um, couple of new guys, and uh, you know, they're all good leaders. They're all good veterans on this. And they all they all play in the league, and they understand that. You know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, we've all got one end goal, and that's to win football game, man. If we do that, uh, there, there's you know. And they there, you all you. The, our our end goal is to win football games. That's that's all I'm saying about that.
1: Hey Bobby, kind of on that same note about being a captain, and we know how important communication is on this defense and on this team. Uh, coach has talked a little bit about how there might be more rotation based on this opening day without the preseason games to kind of ramp up. How much more does that add to your plate as far as like communicating to guys that might be coming in and out of the game more at the cornerback and underneath spots?
4: uh Just just making sure we're all on the same page because. Uh, one thing, like we all wrong, we all right, because you know at the end of the day we can get out of the play and we can play the play, and um, but we don't. You don't want to be wrong, but you know things happen in the in the heat of the battle, and uh, understanding that guys may be rotating, understanding that guys may be coming in uh, up front in the back end. No matter where, no matter where it's happening, um, guys got to be on the same page, and uh, you know that's me as a communicator, as a, as a signal caller, understanding that you know we got to have the guys on the back end on the same page.
1: Really good stuff here from the Dolphins players today, and we're going to finish up on this Thursday media availability before we get to the injury report with a word from Dolphins defensive tackle Devon Godchow. And we start with Devon with a question about his leadership role on the team. He's not a team captain this year, but he still takes that leadership role on the Dolphins defensive line very, very seriously.
0: I mean, I ain't taking no uh, type of way, I mean, it's just a, a team boat, you know, it's with the players voted on, but I still feel like my leadership role is a big part of this team as a defensive lineman, you know, being my fourth year, you know, coming on, coming on. So I still feel like my leadership role is very important, you know, just focusing on, you know, the team, just focusing on, you know, having a great season.
1: Hey, Devon, I'm kind of going with the theme here with the questions today. Coach talked this morning about in-game adjustments and how players might have a bit of a tendency to stretch the truth by saying, I got doubled on that player. Everyone comes off the field saying that. I'm curious, how difficult is it for you as a player to process and recall how a particular play went in the heat of the moment? And then how do you escalate that knowledge or the concern of that play to the coaching staff?
0: I just try to look at it on the iPad when we get to the sideline. But, like, in the game, I don't worry about, oh I got double team, you know, this and that. You know, I just try to look at it when the coaches come and say, hey, look at this play. You know, I think he could be a little bit tired. I think he could be a little bit, you know, uh, more violent. You know, I just look at it on the sideline and adjust to it. You know, I don't worry about it in game because if I do, like, it'll it'll bother me on the next play. So I just kind of take it one play at a time.
1: Up next, here's Godshaw on the process of where this team is under the program of Brian Flores and how he sees this team and how they adjust and how they adapt and how they interact with each other every single day. Here's Devon Godshaw talking about a team that's very hungry.
0: But I just feel like a bunch of guys are hungry, man. I mean, me myself. I mean, a lot of guys. You know, Van Noy coming from New England. E. Rob. You know, you know, Bobby McCain. You got a lot of guys on this team. You know, probably I, mean, I think the whole 53-man roster, including the practice squad. I mean, they're giving us great looks at practice. I mean, a lot of people are hungry. And a lot of people are ready to win. Win around here. So I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about Sunday, the first game. You, know, you got a lot of rookies playing in their first game, NFL game. You know, with this uh, whole Corona uh, pandemic, no fans. But at the end of the day, like I said, man, you got to bring your own juice, man. I'm excited for Sunday.
1: Up next, an evaluation from Godshaw on fellow defensive lineman, rookie out of Alabama, Raquan Davis.
0: Hey man, I guess you guys just got to wait on Sunday to see him. It's going to be interesting, uh, you know. Just him, you know, just growing in training camp each and every day, you know, with the play calls and things like that. But like uh, you know, Coach Sabin said, you know, his great physical ability, man. Is you know what, six seven, you know. 3, three 328 You know I mean? He's a big guy, man. So, I mean, that speaks for itself, but I, I guess you guys just got to uh, stay tuned in on Sunday. And shit.
1: Hey Devon coming into year four for you. Now, uh, this is your seventh game against the Patriots, I believe. And they've got a lot of continuity up front and the guys you match up with yeah. in Shaq Mason and David Andrews and Joe Tooney. How different is it for you to prepare for a team that you've seen so many times and guys you've gone up against so many times?
0: Don't get lost to sleep. You know, I think, you know, a lot of people when they see the same guy, each and every time, they're like, oh man, I know this guy. I've been playing him for three to four years, you know. I mean, you know, I just see him on Sunday, you know, I mean? and then that's what a lot of people go wrong. Yeah, you kinda of use the word of being complacent, you know, what I mean. So I mean don't 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 get complacent. You know, I mean, you know, they have, you know, uh some great guys up front, you know, they play together well as a team, you know, but at the end of the day, man, you just gotta stay home and never get complacent. So I mean, I I know I played those guys for, you know, going on four years, but at the end of the day, You know, everybody has an offseason. Everybody either get better or they get worse, you know. So, I mean, I just kind of take that same approach each and every game.
1: One thing you'll notice this week on these press conferences is that people in the league, defenders, still have a ton of respect for Cam Newton heading into his 10th year in the NFL. Here's Devon Godshaw on the Patriots quarterback, Cam Newton.
0: I mean, I don't listen to nobody when they kind of say, you know, oh, man, Cam's he lost it, he did this. Man, look, I look at it like, man, this dude was an MVP in our league. This dude was, uh, you know, Super Bowl runner-up, so I mean, he led Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. You know, so I don't kind of look at him like, man, this guy lost it and last time I checked. He still can make every throw. You know, he still can outrun people. So I'm kind of, you know, taking that same approach on Sunday, man. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a professional. He get pages like I do. So I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he's a, he's a professional in his league. So I kind of take that same approach. Don't, don't underestimate nobody. So I'm, I'm taking that same approach to, to uh, Sunday's game.
1: And so there he goes, Devon Godshaw, finishing up our Thursday media availability there with Jordan Howard, Bobby McCain, and Devon Godshaw and to close this podcast out here on a Thursday we have the injury report in now it's pretty much the same as it was on Wednesday Clayton Fedula, Mike Gesicki, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Devontae Parker, Kyle Van Noy and Preston Williams all listed as limited participants in practice quarterback Tua Tungavailoa is on the participation list with a full participation on both Wednesday and Thursday the Patriots Thursday list is not yet in but on Wednesday we got Yadni Kajus and linebacker Cash Maluya with uh, DNP designations did not practice and Julian Edelman and Gunnar Olshensky and Chase Winovich all limited in practice on Wednesday. So that's your update, the preview up on MiamiDolphins.com. We're going to come back tomorrow and do flashback, the 2000 game in New England, the division cleanser in Week 17 against the Patriots. We'll talk to Jay Fiedler about that, get you updated on all the latest, and of course, everything you need to know about this game up on MiamiDolphins.com. In the meantime, you all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, and I know we have more, a lot more than 550 listeners because the numbers tell me we have exponentially more than that. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Leave us a review if you're a fan of the podcast. It helps us out big time. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL, the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, until tomorrow, fins up.